The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond, beyond, beyond. Yeah. Yes. What? what? Welcome to yeah. Thank so you. Okay. Fun. Now that we all said the we all said the four this, the special word four times. Uh, welcome everybody to Beyond number four hundred ninety eight. I'm Max Scoville. That's Brian Altano. That's Andrew Goldfarb. But yeah. that's Marty Sleva. Yippee. Stop. Stop it. <sighs> it's not that. That's not the show. No, it's not the show. That's the name. We are all very tired, and we're back from E three, and E three is over. And there was lots and lots of coverage from E three that we did all of last week. Forty hours of live. Forty coverage. hours of live. You can coverage. find all of it on IGN.com. Yeah, please just just go and just go and look at some of that, please. There's so much out there. Uh, we did a bunch of stuff. We did like we did a Beyond episode from there. Uh, we did a, an Up at Noon. There's a bunch of interviews, a bunch of live presentations. It was all very cool and very exciting. One but of the videos has kisses. Aww. What really? I don't know. Maybe okay. Well, anyway, like dog kisses or like human kisses. Lots of good stuff out there to check out. Uh, this episode is going to be kind of like kind of relaxed. We want to go over the stuff we didn't get a chance to talk about, the stuff we had hands-on time with. Uh, so yeah, like let's just actually talk about our time at E3 and have have a nice a nice time with it. Uh, E3 was it a good one? Yeah, I think it was a great one. Really? Yeah. Why does no one believe me? <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? Defended. I mean, would you like? Where do you think this E3 stood, sort of in the pantheon? Like in what the like? Can, can, does everything have to be a goddamn list at IGN? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, so so it obviously last year we got a ton of huge big announcements and surprises, yeah. Yeah. and the year before that it was a lot of that too. And I feel like coming out of this one, there was much more of almost a sense of kind of resignation disappointment about well, it but it's also like we're getting we're getting games so i know? think one of yeah. the main things is sony especially over the last few years have had these e3 conferences that we walk away from being like holy crap that was amazing because they show things like shenmue 3 and death stranding and final fantasy 7 remake and a tease for spider-man whereas we didn't really have that this year especially at sony uh but what sony did do was sort of double down on the promises of the last few years yep. and give us more in-depth looks into what we're going to be playing seemingly in the first half of 2018. Yeah. I mean, that's what Sean Layden said, right? He said anything in the press conference that had 2018 in it is coming in the first half of 2018. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that actually becomes true, we know what usually happens with them is those things, you know, trickle over in the fall. Um, But either way, the the years, this year has been awesome. Next year looks really good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Like it, it seemed like I, like I'll put it this way. All the predictions I made going into this were wrong. You literally got zero. Literally zero. (laughs) Uh, I thought we'd get a price drop because we got a new announcement from Microsoft. It seems like Sony was just like, oh, they're putting out a $500 console? Oh, we're going to just 
not do anything. Quo. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're so far ahead. It's like, why not just operate in a vacuum at this point? Yeah. I mean, I thought the C3, I think it depends on what you want from it at this point. I think uh, for me, like, I, I am so excited for Detroit and Spider-Man and God of War that, and like, I love Shadow of the Colossus. So like, that actually was a huge surprise for me. Like, That was a great surprise. I walked away really, really happy with their conference. I think the people who go in expecting like, Every single bit of news to be D3 were disappointed. Yeah, they also wanted a new game to be announced every 30 seconds. And um, it's, it's very tough. It's like you're at this position with E3 where you're trying to please everybody, right? And like half the people are like, stop announcing stuff that doesn't have anything more than a logo. Exactly. Like Sony, I really respect that this year that like they didn't. Nothing on their stage was just a logo. Yeah. Like everything had concrete, like, you know, whether or not it's real or not we'll see but like shot the classes looked amazing and yeah. like we got to see that with the announcement i think that uh that's really valuable i i hope we're getting away from the e3 trend of like god of war 7 coming well, i mean never we're not because if you look at like ign's just internal metrics one of our most popular stories of the week was metroid prime 4 logo basically right yeah. Four loco yeah. which <laughs> <laughs> i drink that yeah uh, uh, no, I, that's, a, that's a really good point. I think that Nintendo did a really good job of being like, hey, here's all stuff that's kind of coming out pretty soon. Like, there were a few things that were, like, early 2018, but for the most part, they were like, here's stuff that we're, that's on the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, their conference was fan fiction, though. Like, for me, their conference was everything we wanted to hear, but, like, notice that, you know, Metroid and all that other stuff. Like, the, Metroid and the core Pokemon game, which are the thing people are most mm-hmm. excited for, don't even have a year. They have nothing. They didn't, right. they didn't even hint at 2018. So that's why I think like, Sony did a better job of being at least, like, this is concrete. This is real. We got yeah. to see Spider-Man gameplay sure. for the first time. Because yeah. well, even if it's a late look at Days So to Gone. that point, though, those were also sort of just shut up and stop asking. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. you're, if anything, it's sort of like it's being like, hey, this is the thing we're working on. We're not giving you a date because it might take a minute, but I mean, they're also Nintendo tends to deliver on that stuff. Yeah, uh, it's also being like, hey, we have a new system. Here are games that are coming out for it. Here's stuff that's around the corner. So if you want to get on board, it's a good time to also, get on. I mean, board. that's what why is- Sony was really smart to just put 2018 and leave mm-hmm. it at that right. because I think you know, like if one of those games slips to February 2019, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I, I think that giving some ballpark is important. Yeah. I think just like. The games, like, I'm amazed that Days Gone just didn't have anything that we still have, like, no indication. Well, I think the reason for that, which we can talk about later, is I think there's still a chance that it comes out this year. Yeah, I, I, I think it's probably right in the line, yeah. yeah. And what, I, they don't want to just say? Well, they like, don't want to say this year because I think if it does, it's going to be late this year. Right. And they don't want to say it and delay it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we frequently see stuff where they, they give a, 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 a very strict date. And they're like, it comes out this, it comes out on October 18th. And they're like, sorry, guys, it's December 4th. And you're like... All right. What, what if you just held off on that date announcement? Shadow of War went from August to yeah. October. I'm like, well, that's pretty much the same month. And, yeah. and that's why I'm not frustrated by like I don't I don't walk away from Sony's conference like, man, I can't believe we don't have a release date for Spider Man or God of War or Detroit or Days Gone. Because if we had, half of them would have been delayed anyway. Yeah. You know, like I don't I don't think telling you September 14, 2017 is necessarily that exciting. I yeah. think seeing that the game exists and seeing gameplay and understanding what it is is a way better promise it's, to people. And Sony has multiple shows for the rest of the year where they can start mm-hmm. dating those things with Gamescom. They have, they or have with their own convention. PSX, yeah. yeah. Why, they why? can c- control yeah. the message there. I thought their, their presentation overall was, was really, it was good. <laughs> it showed a lot of games, uh, and it was stuff that is coming out this mm-hmm. year for the most part. There were some teases of faraway stuff, but uh, it felt it felt safe, but not in a boring way. Yeah. Right. Uh, it made me really happy that I have a PS4. It made me like kind of be like, 
I, on the one hand, I could have walked away from this conference being like, hey, I'm going to be playing a lot of Switch going forward. But I'm like, no, man, my PS4 is going to get just as much, if not more, more time. And, also, and so is yeah. your PSVR, yeah, which exactly. I thought was yes, cool. Yes, yes. We're, we're going to come back hey, to that. And yeah. Vita. The, like, uh, Dangarampa and, and Undertale are coming to Vita this year. Yeah, that's Those awesome. are two awesome games. Yeah, that's awesome. And what did you guys... Before we, before we get into like, the nitty-gritty yeah. of the actual games, too, like I thought each conference had a game that I cannot wait for. Yeah, uh, there wasn't, like, conferences had highs and lows, but, like, Battlefront and Wolfenstein and yeah. Archive and Assassin's look at, Creed. Look at all the like, games that we have. This is all games. It's six it's copies actually, of the it's same sheet one of and a half pages that I printed eight times by <laughs> and accident. And the back of one of them right. is uh, the games that weren't. Um, <laughs> right. So what did you guys think of the, uh, the sort of, like, 4D display crap where there were, like, there's smoke and there's hanging bodies and there's trees? Like the, <laughs> I thought it was kind of dumb. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> So it's cool when yeah. you're there on, on the stream. I was weird. so I was there, which is oh. a weird thing. Um, I, I was not expecting that at all because I I haven't been to an E3 press conference. You weren't expecting and, bodies hanging upside down. Well, I wasn't expecting that. Together? No, I wasn't expecting to actually be there. But we were going to shoot. Apparently, there was like this Ko- uh, Kojima Productions pop up shop that we were supposed to shoot a video before. But it was like five o'clock. There was a basketball game or something. So LA traffic meant that we got there just as the Sony thing opened up and the pop up shop closed down. So I was like, it's. 5.55, the conference starts in five minutes. I wait for this all year. I'm going to be talking about this show for the next six months. Like, I can't miss this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have – I hadn't – I started we kind of just strong-armed my way in. was like, hey. And they gave me a badge, and I ran in, and they were like, uh, uh, head upstairs. And I run upstairs, and they're like, head upstairs again. <laughs> this, I did this like six times, and I was sitting there like, damn, I'm glad I got in shape this year. Dead <laughs> I ran up several now. stairs. So they put me in the, like, absolute tip-top, last row, nosebleed, and I'm like, cool i'm still here like people dream of this and I'm, I'm here this is awesome and then the curtains come down and they start doing the like the uncharted stuff and the days gone thing the days gone thing is weird because they just start dropping all these like dead bodies hanging from nooses and i'm like oh that's kind of, that's kind of a problem it's weird because they showed that in the stream like we saw all of that it's yeah just, i imagine that works a lot better when it's 15 feet feet from you and not when so what didn't was the fireworks that they started putting off during like the call of duty stuff like it was actual like gunshot i didn't even know those were there yeah that's the thing you can't even tell right so bad idea i mean i think it's a great idea i also think that what they should do is they should have sean Layden come out at the beginning and he should go like hey everyone welcome to sony's e3 press conference 2018 thank you all for coming here is our special presentation and then it just cut to 45 minutes of trailers that were glued together by an editor. And then he comes back at the end and he's like, as you can see, the power of PlayStation is stronger than ever. Thank you for watching. Goodbye. I mean, that's literally intended direct. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, so, I think it's yeah. what everyone should be doing because there's yeah. so much room for error. There's mm-hmm. so much. You still have that weird conference jank. Like yeah, Ubisoft any, had it. We didn't have any sound on our end because of some weird, weird. Yeah, for like the first three seconds. Right. And Twitch right. and the HDMI cable or whatever. Uh, no, I think the big question after this year's E3. It wasn't just you guys, by the way. Yeah, it was everybody. Um, but the, um, yeah, who is E3 for right now? Because it's it's obviously like it historically was a trade show for you know twenty five years and then they're like hey now it's open to fifteen thousand fans which is cool but you have to you can't just say that and make that a thing because that kind of screws it up for everybody uh, I mean obviously like a you know a buyer from Best Buy or whatever is gonna the, the best buyer uh, he's gonna get to the front of the line in Activision he's gonna have like special VIP treatment everywhere yep. and people with media badges are gonna be able to like maybe get to the front of the line maybe they have appointments who knows but if you're a fan and you've waited in line for hours and you pre-ordered your ticket or whatever you did all the all the hoops to jump through to get to E3 and you get there and it's like oh it's uh it's nine thirty in the morning and you get to wait four hours to play a game well. Okay, and that's not really a good use of of the space. It's it just I feel like it's inconvenient for everybody. It the heart's in the right place, but end of the day, like maybe 
Maybe pivot it so we've got an extra two days tacked onto the end of E3 that's just for fans, like Gamescom does it. I think that yeah, makes I agree. Sense. I, I think that's like more yeah. for like the boots and the ground people, for the people watching the yeah, and then the the, the shows are kind of very the same excited way. about that. Sorry, so the ground. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, for people watching the show, like it's probably. I mean, it's better than ever now because it's like you can watch. You know, like Treehouse Live, you can watch IGN Live. Like we streamed for forty hours. We had dev, devs on every ten minutes, interviewing uh, uh, us doing interviews over gameplay and stuff like that. Um, there's like you, that's a week of work. You can be like, I'm not going to go in this week and just stay home and consume. But for the actual show itself, it's it's sort of totally spun out of control. So yeah. I'm I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm wondering what it becomes, especially like you guys said, with PSX, with like 15 Nintendo Directs, which I'm sure Microsoft's like a year away from them having their own weekend or whatever. I mean, like, PSX makes it's perfect sense to have like the pageantry and like, oh, we've got dead bodies and fireworks because those are people who are fans and they're there to see that. They want to see like this is their their Coachella, you know? Right. But for, you know, for, for E3... When it's all live streamed anyway, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. It well, half the people like- in the audience are like clients and salespeople, and yeah. like they're like they're not even like it's not like yeah. I totally get it. PSX is like bring I don't, bring those old nooses back out or whatever. <laughs> Stop talking about the dead bodies. They were fireworks. there. I didn't even make that up. But like when they show the Spider Man stuff, right? They're like, hey, you know, he goes on scaffolds in that in that game, right? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, well, we brought some out on the stage. We're like, oh, that's all right, yeah, <laughs> great. And then yeah. and then what? They go away. And then it's what also, do you do with yeah, them? Like, it's also super funny because you go back and you watch the first E3 Sony presser. Yeah. It's in like a hotel banquet hall. And there's like a folding table up top. It looks like the award ceremony from Boogie Nights. It's yeah. like this totally half-assed like, okay, you guys had 75 bucks and like some folding chairs. Yeah. I really and, liked what they did yeah. last year with the orchestra. Like that was really cool. Um, well, it felt, it felt classier. I mean, I think yeah. like in that way, last year versus this year, I think uh, opening the show, it kind of had that again this year. But it, it last year felt like a fancy award show. And this year felt like a like a fan experience thing. Yeah, and I, and I mean, kind of to Max's point, like it either one of those works at E three right now because E three is sort of becoming everybody's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because like E three back in the day as the main point of contact where you know you had to prove to investors that you had a game coming in every quarter, so you did get a lot of release dates and you did get a lot of announcements. Like it's sort of decentralized now because you don't. It, a lot of people specifically don't announce at E3 because they don't want to get lost mm-hmm. in the shuffle. So I think we're in this really weird boat where anyone who's watching these conferences really thinking that they're going to get every single morsel of information probably isn't. Like, I actually really like EA's approach where they very clearly, from the very beginning, they were like, we have eight games here today. Yeah. And they showed those eight games, and that was it. And, like, some of them were new. Like, they announced Anthem, they announced A Way Out. But in general, like, they've learned the lesson that we're never going to see another Vidoc about Criterion drawing cars on paper. Yeah, because that, that doesn't work. Someday. And you're never going to see another, like, sort of PowerPoint presentation with the circle graphs about market share and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's In terms of, like, sheer information, um, the press conferences are becoming lighter and lighter on that. But they are hitting, or at least attempting to hit certain beats that people have now come to expect. Mm-hmm. Like, Sony now, for, I believe, the second year in a row, has ended on... Uh, like something extended demo, an extended demo. Yeah, it was days gone last year, and it was yeah. Fantastic. And I think that what people really want is a new thing. Like you end your show with, you know, X new thing. Yeah, like Ubisoft always does. Yeah, the yeah. one more I mean, thing. Yeah. I said, uh, I think I said this in the post show that I feel like a lot of uh, 
people who are a little disappointed in Sony's conference for not having that new thing. I feel like Sony made a mistake by revealing The Last of Us 2 at PSX and oh, not completely. holding it for this year. Since, I mean, Last of Us 2 obviously wasn't here. It was one of the big absent games of the show. Had they not shown it at PSX and had the conference ended at Spider-Man, and then the one more thing was The Last of Us 2 teaser. Yeah, but then, you, I mean, you you got to do something for PSX, though, right? They had Lost Legacy. Yeah, I feel like they could have. I, I agree with you there. They could have split those two Naughty Dog game announcements in half. We got you got to get those I mean, Naughty Dogs away from each other. Yeah, E three E three is also start really, humping. E three is a weird show to show something that's not at E three. Like it's a really weird show to be like, here's an extended gameplay demo of a new game. It's not here. Have fun. Like I, I think again, it, it splits. What is this conference for? Right. If it's for the people watching at home, it makes perfect sense to reveal all your big stuff and say what's coming. If it's for the people at the show. Theoretically, it should just be kind of running through what is right. available. To well, play even that, show. like the Spider-Man thing, right? They end the, tra- the they end the conference with Spider-Man, and then if you're one of the fifteen thousand fans that paid hundreds of dollars to get into E3, you're probably like, "Oh, I can play that this week, right?" No, yeah, like it's behind closed doors. Like if you're with press, like somebody might play it for you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how you guys demoed it. Someone but, played it in the room. Yeah, it up. Yep. but it's not like you know some guy buys a ticket. He's not playing that game, so it's like not necessarily. It's it's just weird. It's it's. There's a there's a lot of stuff to work out. Yeah, I mean, if you look at sort of the the, the skeleton and the roots of what E3 is, it's a it's a trade show, and the whole point of conferences beforehand was to be like, here's a briefing of what we're showing off. If you're attending this trade show, obviously you work in this industry, and this is stuff of some professional interest to you. And it's kind of odd because people have become it's become so kind of intertwined with gaming as as a hobby and as a culture, and that people want to get like first dibs on checking something out. Uh, and so there is that like. There's that enthusiast press side of things where you're like, I want to get in there and just and see it early. Uh, but as far as it being like, hi, I'm Sean Layton. I'm from PlayStation. Here are the games we're, we're, we're going to have on the show floor for you to check out. And, you know, it, it's effectively getting all of the explanation out of the way. And then you go to the actual trade show and it's sitting there and you, and you hold it and you play it. And you go, ah, I don't know if this is any good or this is great. I love that. It's also what you're saying about, like, keep in mind, and it's a little inside baseball, I guess, but like... E3 as an actual thing is very different than what the press conferences are. Like, like yeah, the ESA sold tickets to 15,000 members of the public, but Sony rented an auditorium and, and held a press conference to advertise its games that it has right. coming out. Right. Like, they're not beholden. To, and, like, they obviously do it in partnership with the ESA and time it with E3, and they rent a booth on the show floor, but, like, they're not beholden to whatever is happening with E3 proper. Maybe it's really... That's why it's a weird... It doesn't... It's, it'd be foolish to cater to people who are at E3, press or public. It doesn't matter because the couple dozen thousand people who are there don't are... are drop a water in the bucket compared to the exactly. millions who watched well, our stream and well, that's right. and just that's, our stream. That's yeah, why I yeah. think EA yes. is doing it the right way. Like I think EA divorcing itself from E3 and doing its own event <gasps> is probably the way it Ooh, should happen. Seven, like, yeah. I think well, ultimately like EA should right. do that event but they should do it in May or August well, yeah. and they should just separate I mean themselves. convention culture is a thing now and there was a point where it wasn't. The idea of right, going yeah. to a trade show for fun is something that didn't appeal to people. Like I, Celebrities used to not go to comic conventions and now that's kind of completely intertwined. With now you them. have to. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you look at i mean you look at what what greg and, and pals do with kind of funny live and that's like that's taking cues from some of this stuff and it's yeah. got this live stage show but it's not a concert it's not a music festival it's not like a i don't know it's 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 this weird kind of you know transmedium kind of mutant event and it's mm-hmm. i don't know bodies and fireworks yeah i yeah. mean yeah i don't know i mean it's, i, I, it's I do 
circus sort of yeah. you know <laughs> i do think there's a value to uh, making a show for the people who are there that also works for the people who aren't um because then, I mean, it's it's like you hear that buzzword influencers all the time now. But I think every single person who's at a show like this, if Sean Layden comes out and he goes, and it's kind of like what you're saying, right? It's about setting expectations. When EA goes, we have eight games here today. When Nintendo goes, we have a 25-minute demo uh, or, or a showcase or whatever, and it's mostly focusing on Switch. Uh, when Sony, if Sony goes, every game you'll see here today is playable on the show floor. That sets the expectations. And I think that that's something that needs to start happening because then at least you go in going like, I know it's going to be here. But I don't think that's what they – like. so EA did that very specifically. They said we have eight games here today. One of them was an announcement. It was Anthem. All the rest of them were literally there. And when yeah. the conference ended, it was EA Play, and everyone open to the public could play all the games they just saw. Sony's not doing that. Sony in movie theaters around the country, not in L.A., you could go literally watch their press conference because it's for an event. It's for the fans. It's for the people who aren't there. And I think like those are two – completely different approaches that kind of to Max's point like E3 is it doesn't there's no consistency to what people are doing and I think that's why like depending on what you're watching for like I can totally see why some people walk away disappointed from the same conference where I might say that was awesome or vice versa yeah no I feel you on that um there's there's no style guide right there's no there's no president of E3 there's no one to be like hey this needs there is he's out there with the mayor on the start of day one with the big scissors yeah I walked by the mayor and there is actually a president of E3 is there really yeah yeah like I walked by the mayor get around him yeah it was very strange that was weird I don't don't did you really see a mayor the mayor of LA yeah I was I was gonna be late for my first appointment because the mayor was like cutting a ribbon and giving a weird speech is that like when they give like they give like Shaq the keys to the city but like they don't work exactly like that film what the what do mayors do anyway I don't know what mayors they cut ribbons at big gaming. Apparently, company. yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about actual games. Like, let's yeah, get, let's get into that. Um, obviously, there's Aww. a ton of stuff. We all did interviews. We did kind of reactions and stuff. Um, what do you guys want to talk about first? Spider-Man. You want to talk about Spider-Man? Yeah, I want to talk about Spider-Man. Yeah, we can talk about Spider-Man. All right. I feel like we've we've talked about that a lot, but maybe we haven't. I don't know. Let's talk about Spider-Man. So you guys saw behind closed doors? Yeah, it was the same demo, but it was being yeah. played live in front of us. So certain yep. things were different, and the game's uh, creative director Brian Intahar sort of walked us through things and. Uh, at, sort of gave us a lot of facts that we didn't have from there. Like, uh, Peter is 26. He's well, just, it is Peter. It is Peter. Yeah. He's, he's 23. Is, he's 23, just out of college, and he has a job at the... Uh, he's a scientist. Okay. Yeah, and, like, the whole... The idea is that... All right, the economy this is, is booming. <laughs> this is the furthest thing from an origin story. Like, this is not, like, a scraggly high school kid, Peter Parker. This is... He, he compared him to uh, an elite athlete at peak performance. So he's been doing this for eight years. He's 23 years old. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's mastered how to move, how to, how to make the tech he uses. Like, he is a pro. Yeah, so what's the skill tree look like if you've well, already the, unlocked everything? I think and Miles Morales is the exactly, skill Exactly, and that's the whole thing. That, that tease at the end of the trailer of Miles Morales, like, they won't say, but, like, our theory has been for a while that, like, how cool would it be if it is... You know, you switch back and forth between them, or maybe you only play as Peter Parker at the beginning, and then the bulk of the game is playing as Miles under some kind of mentorship. Mm-hmm. Maybe you switch back and forth. Like, I I hope Miles is playable in some way because I like the idea of having that kind of balance of a, a super green Spider Man mm-hmm. who's learning versus one who's a red, red and blue. Uh, but no, <laughs> uh, I mean, some of the things that you just clarified. You said this game is one hundred percent open world game. Uh, the demo looked very sort of. The combat was very Arkham, which I think was great. Uh, but then it had a lot of QTEs, and they said, hey, these are rarely in the game. Mm. Like, we showcased this thing. This is not indicative of what the, like, the core game is, open-world exploration and a deep combat system. Yeah, they, yeah, kind of, they used them to like, yeah. punctuate yeah. blockbuster moments, basically. Yeah. So I saw like, a lot of people latched onto that. Yeah, yeah it's like I thought that it looked idea. awesome. I thought it looked really cool, too. And it's like, that's the whole thing, is like, how else... like. 
because he talked about that in our demo, like how do you give someone the feeling of playing as, I mean, essentially a god, but I mean a, a superhero. Like how do you how do you make it feel like you're pulling off these incredible stunts? Like, you know, you're not going to get that when you're just playing normal gameplay. No. So I think having those kind of tentpole movie like moments are it's cool to do quick time. Well, it's like QTEs aren't inherently inherently bad, right? But like no. bad QTEs are. Sure. Yeah. Like there, you can make them terrible. Mm-hmm. You can make them great. Like yeah. there are ways to fold them into the the like sort of the run of things without it being intrusive or feeling like it's something. If it's something you have to constantly rely on, then yeah, I think it takes you out of the combat and everything else than it does keep you in mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not against it just as like a basic idea anyway. i mean i just i think they get the character really well like that more than anything i walked away from it like and that was the whole angle of my previews like they understand that being a good hero is more than just like beating up the bad guys right. that, like they they care as much about the character of who this guy is as they do about what he can do well as both spider-man and peter parker exactly. it seems like they wouldn't clarify but they said this is as much peter's story as it is a spider-man story so yep. i don't know if you play as peter uh, parker i mean so isn't yeah, this I'm like this is so. a totally new universe too yes basically. Yep. yeah yeah yep. and so they said they're trying to marry like the familiar with the unfamiliar so that's why in this we saw um obviously the kingpin are you gonna make a mary jane Joke? No, I was gonna, I was gonna say, ah, the familiar and the unfamiliar, my two favorite Spider-Man villains. Yeah. But okay, <laughs> but no, we had he had Kingpin, and then I was everyone knows who Kingpin is, and then you had Mister Negative or whatever his name is. I'm like, who's that blue mm-hmm. man? And apparently, he works at the homeless shelter that Aunt May works, or he owns the homeless shelter that Aunt May works. He's at. Aunt May's boss. Yeah, really, he yeah. should be like a lot cheerier. I mean, yeah, but he's Mister Negative. They need the optimism. Yeah, he's doing work. Optimism there? Prime. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm Spider-Man looks cool. I yeah. feel like we've done sort of like. I feel like I've reacted to it as much as I can, but I, I think it's in good hands. I think it's yes. going to be cool. I, I, I hope we get to play it sometime soon, maybe PSX or something. Me too. I would say yeah. PSX. PSX uh, like a good spot for it. Did we check out God of War at all? Did any behind closed door stuff? Yeah. Uh, like Spider-Man, it was uh, the literal exact same footage, like a WMV that they clicked play on that was shown. I didn't know it was the, WMV. Uh, oh, no, it was Flack because it was lossless audio. For? You twit. <laughs> Um, I could have gone anywhere. But, I know, I was about to say uh, But uh, Corey Barlog, the uh, uh, creative director of the game, as well as that uh, fire monster from Lord of the Rings, uh, <laughs> he uh, sort of walked us through the demo and almost gave us like a rewind theater and uh, shed a lot of uh, sort of insights on cool stuff. They said the game still is a single shot, which I my love mind. that so much. Like That was my first question. I was like, hey, you told me this last year. You guys fixed that, right? He's like, no, the game's still a single shot. So like, it doesn't have like an eight years later. Or no, it's like just that. like it's just the story. It's just the story, and I don't understand how that's going to work. Uh, your son is pretty much a mechanic in the game. Like, obviously, there's the storytelling aspect, but you have a son button. Yeah. So like when you're in combat, you have you hit the sun button. And your son does things. He like stabs so, folks. And speaking of QTEs, that was obviously a huge part of the yep. old games. But he doesn't want them in this game at all. Nope, he doesn't want those. Uh, and he pretty much said that instead of it being like, all right, now you can do your rage meter is full, and now you can do this thing on an enemy. You choose when you do that. And so that's the whole sort of the, the rage meter is both a narrative conceit as mm-hmm. well as in combat. Uh, they showcased you know the the traditional God of War combat, which included multiple weapons and juggling and parrying and magic. Uh, and then also a cool thing is. That that, uh, Trip to the circus. <laughs> how did you feel? How do you guys, how did you guys feel about that? By the way, because my I my the combat looked cool. The combat looked really cool, but my immediate reaction was just like, "Oh, this feels a lot like an old God of War game, mm-hmm. for better or worse." And I think that's what people, yeah, yeah, I think that's what people were looking for. Yeah. You know, the people who the, there was like a not a backlash, but there was some concern when we first saw it last year from people being like. This doesn't really feel like the old God of yeah. War. Yeah, it looked like The Witcher or something. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like I always I always enjoyed playing the God of War games. It was everything beyond that. The, totally. It was like the, the characters and the beyond. Uh so knowing that this is a, a much more kind of fleshed out character with 
similar combat is i'm yeah i'm I mean, really looking forward to this game like before yeah. everyone kind of compared everything to arkham combat they compared it to god of war combat yeah. like i think that like that sense of combos and, and sense of game, becoming more powerful and like mm-hmm. growing as you play through like is all great and it's honestly like kind of similar to what we we're talking about with uh with peter in the spider-man yeah. game like this is a kratos at max level basically yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i'm stoked um, this is 20, again, 2018 again. 2018, again, cool. I hope we see more at PSX. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I mean, you'll see, but the concern seems to be like there isn't really, a, outside of Uncharted, like a really big first-party game coming. NAC 2. NAC 2, September 5th. How, Andrew Goldfarb, shut up. How, <laughs> shut up about NAC. I'm how excited for NAC 2. I like shut NAC up too. 2. I like NAC. Goldfarb, and everybody's friend, golf. whatever your name is over there. I'm going to play everybody's golf. I'm going to play NAC 2. And Donga Rampa? I'm 100 going to say that. those enchanted words that make him start <laughs> talking about things we don't understand. Um, yeah, so Days Gone, that's a game, I think. Yeah. Uh, I did a demo or an interview with those guys. Um, I think it's really interesting how the way they, the thing they showed off last year, which was like, hey, it's a, it's an action zombie game. There's sort of, there's there's a lot of traversal. Uh, you're fighting a lot of zombies at once with a, with a machine gun. Uh it's open world, but you're not really showing that part of it off. Right. Uh, and then they basically they showed off like the the crowd shots, which I think honestly is the most interesting thing Super in the game. Yeah. Uh, just technically, and it's kind of like, hey, that's what took so long. We had to make 500 zombies attack you at once. Um, this time around, it was much more like familiar stuff, and I've heard people kind of compare it to Horizon in that it's like it's a bunch of stuff we've seen elsewhere, but kind of you know iterated. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Together. I don't really see that at all. They, I mean, it's, it's it's like maybe if you've only played like three open world games. I mean, I think we're at a point where there are there are mechanics that have been sort of like proven and tested, and they've they've reached that point where I mean, there was a point where like jumping in a game wasn't something that people had figured out, and right. now it's something. It's now when you don't really think about it too hard, it's fine. But like to to go up on a, a bunch of enemies stealthily and then you know lure them towards a trap, like that's that's familiar stuff. That's, mm-hmm. that's I think that's but, a, this is going to be one of those games that. Um, when you're really in the thick of it and you're messing with like photo mode and stuff like that, this is going to be a stunning game. Mm-hmm. Like I saw some stills. Uh, I believe Eric Jensen was t- tweeting out the other day that are just like, it's like, God damn, this game looks really, really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And thing- I was one of the only, hold on. Uh, Cause we can, yeah, I know you guys are going to poop on this game. No, I'm but- not going to poop this game at all. I'm, I'm sort of the no, opposite. I was one of the only people last, last year when, when this game, when we first started hearing about it, that was like I'm optimistic about this one, and then I saw more of it this year, and I'm like, yeah, I'm totally down. Like I think the like the the weird mix between um, your main character, the sort of like villains that you're fighting, freakers, which I hate that name. It sucks. It's a bad name. Guys, we it call them zombies. It's fine. Yeah. No, I, call, no. Sean Layton said that, and no. then I like I to, I called them out on the on the show. I was like, Sean Layton said it. Your boss said hey. it. It's like let me say, let me call them zombies, and they were like, ah, freakers. No, Stop. remember when Sony told us that we had to write hashtag Drive Club as the yep. name of the game? Remember when Ubisoft said it had to be Watch underscore Dogs? We have the power to not do that. Yeah, we can we can just not do that. <laughs> no, but then you throw in like zombie animals and yeah. bears and stuff like that, uh-huh. and I'm like, okay, I like where this is going as a sandbox. Mm-hmm. As a story, what remains to be seen, mm-hmm. but the idea of like you're in the middle of a, of a zombie bear fight and two guys come out with shotguns to kill you and then all of a sudden 50 zombies come running towards you like there's there's a lot of room for insanity in there yeah. which is kind of what i play video games i love right? i love that moment in the demo where he used the swarm as pretty much a tool to solve a puzzle yeah it was opening yeah. the gate and the swarm yeah. taking out all of the dudes and then moving on and i'm like if that exists throughout the world and there's like an encampment in like far cry there's like hey there's 
six things I could do in order to get through this. I can go stealthy, I can go guns blazing, or yeah, I can... Max, Max described it as like when you're playing Far Cry and you like shoot the tiger cage yeah. and he jumps out and starts killing everyone yeah. and you're just up on the hill. Like, Tigers oh, and I girls, mean, lions are... The, the, thing that bo- the thing that drives me crazy about all of this is, and it's like to that point of like, how was Sony Z3 this year? Literally what you just described was the angle of my preview last year. That was my entire thing is that you use the environment and that's how it goes because that was everything they yeah. built up last year. Well, and everything there's, about there's, the game being yeah. pretty and all the zombies and all the tech is everything they said last year. And this year, I still have no idea why I care about Deacon. I still have no idea so, like what his ultimate keep, goal I, is. I keep coming back to uh, Saints Row. Um, a buddy of mine worked on that. And I remember asking him just like kind of like, hey, like why, why was Saints Row 1 just a pretty obvious ripoff of San Andreas? And he's like, oh, because they'd already made that. And if we were building a new engine from the ground up and utilizing all this tech and trying to, you know, make a game that functioned, that's one less thing we have to think about. It's like, oh, it's, it's you know, South Central right. LA gangster crime stuff. It's a, it's a thing that people are into, and it's not that they're, like, trying to rip it off or anything. But in this case, it's like making a post-apocalyptic zombie game, it might seem tired, but it's also, like, you know, people still watch Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. It's still a safe bet. It's it, You don't have to, like, explain. Like, Horizon is one of those... That's a post-apocalypse, but it's full of, like, cyborg dinosaurs, and it's, like, this weird, you know, cave society, mm-hmm. which is a longer elevator pitch on the basis of, like, what what are you what are those things? Why are you fighting them? Right. In this case, you're like, they're zombies, and you're like, oh, I know what a zombie is. That's simple enough. And but so- the, that's the crazy thing is, like, the, like, we all roll our eyes when they have this designation between freakers and zombies, but, like, the story of, like, why they're calling that is cool. Like, the idea is that, like, these things do think as a group. They're a literal hive mind, and it's, like, the idea of, like, Getting one on its own, it still feels and thinks and, like, it, it isn't a pure, like, zombie in the way fiction is. Like, all of that stuff is so intriguing to me. Yeah. And they've said about one sentence about it. And the stuff they're showing instead is a new version of what they showed last year. And I, what I'm frustrated about with this game is, like, I just feel like if, if this game really is late this year, early next year, like, they have to find a way to communicate better of why like i get what well, this i is, get it, how like what we were saying before though like an e3 press conference is not that place because like sean Layden can can't get up there and be like let me explain to you the passion of the freakers no but a, <laughs> but a, but a character within a, the context of a demo can yeah i don't think horizon ever did that before no really before a, launch either. but, it's but it's to like, max's point yeah. horizon was something that that was different enough that gotcha. you didn't need to right was, this you don't is something where story because you're hunting a robot exactly because i haven't seen that exactly and at first glance this is too similar and so people are lumping it into a category that i don't think it deserves to be in well no because specifically they need to communicate it better because specifically sony has a stable of first party games and when this game was announced it was post the last of us we all thought the last of us was a singular entity and that was it plus the dlc we didn't think we'd get a sequel Mm -hmm. and then we heard about the sequel so now these two games are happening roughly around the same time right or they're all they're all in development at the same time one is a post-apocalypse zombie game about like a a gruff guy with a beard and his daughter. The other one is the same thing, except instead of calling them clickers, they call them freakers. And one's a little more open world, and there's groups, and the other ones have cauliflowers and and some blob people. I've really got <laughs> halfway through. I was like, "What are we? Which yeah, it's exactly. But that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like you're, you're at a GameStop, you're trying to explain to somebody the difference. Loops of blobby people. And you start going crazy. So I mean, I, I guarantee you, it's it's a it's a slightly marginally different demographic that has a ton of overlap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you show somebody. Here's an incredibly colorful, beautiful thing. You you play as a as a young woman of ambiguous ethnicity, and you're fighting a, electronic dinosaurs. And Again, some, I was like, "What go, game are we talking?" Somebody about? goes, "Oh, that sounds awesome." What's it called? Horizon Zero Dawn. And it sounds like it's 
it's a little bit it's a little bit kombucha granola bar like yeah. it's kind of like it's a little it's, bit it's more it's the hair yeah it's the dread there's a the lot dreadlocks. it's got that yeah it's got that like Tori Amos uh you know Tori Amos at a rave kind of vibe to it and then <laughs> and then flip side there's a lot of people who are like no I don't want to I don't want to touch that let me give me uh give me a motorcycle and a denim jacket no wait scratch that cut the sleeves off the denim jacket make it a vest but have like a sweatshirt underneath that also has the sleeves cut off I mean I think they're jersey under that I think they did they didn't do this game justice yet at either showing. Mm -hmm. I think that what they're doing right now is making, they're leaning into the things that are, that seem to be making it more generic. And like, I'm hoping that like, yeah, maybe E3 isn't the place, but like this game just needs a very clear, what the hell is it moment? Yeah. And like, I think like I I'm mechanically, it looks great. Uh, I really trust bend. I think they're an Mm -hmm. unbelievably talented studio. I think they were quiet for a very long time. And like, it took them this long for a reason. Mm-hmm. I just it it weirds me out that like this almost feels like old Sony. This feels like PS3 era Sony where they bit off more than they could chew to some extent in that generation where they had so many games at once that they did a bad job communicating. Like Uncharted should have been a really easy sell, but it took them like three Uncharted games for people to kind of care. I think this game is just getting lost because God of War and Spider Man and a lot of other things are flashier, but like I'm actually really excited about what this game could be, but I also might be projecting a bunch of stuff into it that doesn't exist because I'm right. living off of morsels. We don't know? know anything about the flow of this game. We don't know, like, do you start off? Do you have a motorcycle? Can you get other vehicles? Can you? That's how big? How big is the world? You What's the mission? You have one motorcycle, and it's it's kind of like your horse. It doesn't come when you whistle, but you have to take care of it. You have to buy parts. It, it doesn't come when I whistle. No. Why would I buy this motorcycle? Like, it's not I think, the loco cycle. Well, <laughs> pixel, okay? Sounds like it's horses one, motorcycle yeah. zero. The, the vehicle stuff they mentioned last year I think is cool. We saw none of that this year. We yep. saw essentially a variation on last year's demo that felt like The Last of Us Combat. And I, I, I'm, I don't the, think that's what this The one interesting is. thing about the BCD was it was the same demo, but it was snowing. And it was much quieter, and that horde of zombies weren't there. And so I think the thing they showed me in that, which is different than, you know, Horizon or any other open world game, is how the, you know, Pacific Northwest has a wide variety of climates. And so if it's raining or if it's sunny or if it's snowing, your encounters are going to be very different. Right. And that interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. I I think this is a game that is going to be, it's going to sort of hit two ends of a spectrum. It's going to be kind of familiar enough. You're a guy fighting zombies, you have a motorcycle and guns. And it and kind of not not casual gamers, but just it's kind of it's a, a wide audience understands what that is, and they're like, this is cool, and I think it's going to be totally like stable, and it's going to work for that. And then I think on a very high level, people who understand how games are made are going to be like, holy mother of god, how did they make that work? Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of idiots like us who are kind of in the middle, where we pay too close attention to too many things, are going to kind of miss the technical brilliance of it. And I don't know. I, I think you're right. There's going to be a lot of stuff that we haven't quite seen. Uh, I don't know if they're showing stuff that's more grounded because that goes with the setting, but I feel like this could also have like crazy just cause levels like physics sandbox stuff where you're like, yeah. oh, we're gonna you know launch a bear off a trapeze or something. And I think they're showing the familiar stuff because it's safer, yeah, and because they are trying to get that Walking Dead audience. Um, what should we talk about? Uh, well, we got a long list of things. I was going to talk about Matterfall real quick. Yeah, yeah, jump yeah. on that. Um, I did a, a dev interview at E3 about Matterfall, which I think a lot of not a lot of people knew about, but we. S- I'm House seeing, Mark, right? Yeah, Housemark. So I'm seeing a big backlash against this game because the initial trailer was like this gorgeous CG trailer about this like mm-hmm. futuristic soldier ninja guy. Um, and the end result is a 2D action platforming game. Um, look at Stop look at the CG trailers. Well, yeah. A but B like look at the logos on things. Like if you see something that says Housemark, don't go that uh, hey, maybe the guys that have made like 
you know, quirky arcade yeah, shmups Rezzo gun and, yeah. are suddenly going to make like a like a well, gorgeous I mean, 3D open world game. Then like, again, Joe Danger went and made No Man's Sky, so, you know. Yeah, well, we don't have to bring that one up. Sorry, my bad. Um, uh, so, no, but ultimately I do like this game. I think it's taking a lot of the stuff that they've done from uh, Resogun and some of their other games and bringing it into a sort of Contra-style running gun Which game. Which I think is cool because they've made, like, their twin-stick shooters are incredible. Yeah, they're, they're really good. great. Yeah. yeah. And this one's really cool. Uh, it's got that they have they have this weird obsession with like saving scientists. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's like, the, that was Resogun, right? Yeah, they're like kill a bunch of people, but also there's some stick figures that you should help out, and they have pa- compassion. Um, but I like this game. I like it a lot. Uh, it's it's going to be one of those things where when you're playing it, you're not really thinking about how beautiful it is and how technical it is. But it's another one of those like house mark type situations where like something blows up or somebody drops something or like a grenade hits a wall and it explodes into a billion beautiful 4k particles and yeah. you're like you didn't need to do that but i'm glad you did yeah those yeah. guys so, have like a big thing for voxels they yeah just love yeah. to be like hey if you, if you make the pixels real big they could be cute yeah so it we don't, we don't demo- spend a ton of time yeah. on it but like yeah. yeah go check out my interview with yeah. them um it's really cool if you're interested in resogun if, like I, I know that was one of my favorite games of the ps4 launch and oh, it's absolutely. definitely one of those like sort of graphical showcases for the system yeah. um keep an eye out on this one what yeah. you gonna say? i was gonna say it makes their demo so like fun to watch like yeah. genuinely yeah. gorgeous to just like yeah. stare at and of course it's one of those things where like when you're awesome at it like it's going to look even better to play like watching high level people play uh resogun is just like it's yep. this beautiful fireworks show um you guys want to talk about some of ubisoft stuff yeah let's um, do it did any of you guys check out skull and bones i did close? yeah okay I, I played it what like what is it like what is it um i thought it was for honor with boats it's not it's it's just like a way slower but also kind of arcadey and kind of fun um sort of like pirate boat shooting simulator is it literally ac4 but without getting off the boat like kind of just the combat it feels a little bit you only play as the boat you only play as the boat theory you're not even running around the boat at least in this demo it feels like a like a slower twisted metal but when you look down at your car there's 40 men on it (laughs) (laughs) like it's kind of weird because it's like you're like piloting this huge or steering this i don't know anything about nautical you're driving driving really driving the boat you're driving the boat okay whatever there's no but there's no road it's all wet yeah they call it the wet road (laughs) okay Sailing. Sailing. <laughs> that's the word we're looking for Thanks. judges i uh, know but you look down and there's just like all these guys walking back and forth across the, the plank or the, what <laughs> no that's you don't walk back and forth across the plank when you get to the end of the plank you go to the crocodiles the galley yeah yeah the galley that's that'll work the parrot <laughs> the parrot. no no why did we study the pirate game i don't know what we said literally anyone else i didn't mean to i went to, i wanted to go in and play far cry but they were like we play the fire game and stuff <laughs> It's cool though. I'll, I will never play it when it comes out, but I like it more than I thought I did. I mean, what a, te- what a terrible segment! <laughs> Thank you, Brian, age eight. Um, no, like, so I, was, I was talking. To, I was talking to one of the PRs about this, but uh, in addition to kind of the multiplayer stuff they were showing off, which I think just demos well because you get people actually like you know fighting each other. Yeah, um, there's that part which I think it's you know. Uh, it's not really fair to compare it to For Honor, but it does have that element to it where it's sort of like it's not I don't know, it's not Overwatch, it's boats, you know. Right. It's kind of like it's slightly more grounded, but it's still multiplayer. But I think there is also gonna be like campaign stuff where you're Yeah. And then of course there's a there's that teaser with a yeah, Kraken. Kraken, yeah. That was the part that was the most That's important. when it gets cool, it's yeah. Games it's uh, Ubisoft games as a service, which they've made a ton of money for with Rainbow Six Siege and the Division and Wildlands and For Honor. So yeah. in a press conference that had a ton of just sort of traditional campaign mm-hmm. games like AC and Far Cry. Uh, 
this totally made sense to me. Yeah, I think well, that's what Bianca Evil seems like it's going to be too. Totally. No, it's all it almost the multiplayer in Bianca Evil two seems more like Dark Souls. Interesting. I like I read what they're talking about it in such an abstract way. Like I read that as more of a like destiny style like okay we, yeah, we can come back to that no, i was gonna say Ooh. so skull and bones the cool thing about it is that you have different classes right different types of ships and there's like bruisers that are just like really heavy and like they all have that like as as realistic as they try to make this game they all have like like endless rockets and machine guns and all this other like non-pirate stuff um but one thing i noticed is that like cannonballs tons but like you said rockets <laughs> no like they but it shoots like 70 of them at the same oh. time like it looks like a like a modern warship yeah um but one of the things that i noticed was like i was kind of getting like seasick playing it at the beginning because like huh. you actually like the way the boat rocks oh, weird. feels realistic yeah. this is like the camera locked to the yeah the boat. and oh, after that's... a while i kind of got my sea legs and i was like yeah. oh i get this and then I, when i walked away i was like Ugh. You know, you became, when you get you became a true seaman. Yeah, Man. a true seaman. Yeah, that's that's one of those games that like I, I look at it. I'm like, this is that's really cool. I have like no interest in it. Yeah, totally. Maybe if the monster, the kraken stuff turns out to be interesting, but yeah. like I don't know. I I'm kind of a hard sell with nautical stuff to begin with, and then the fact that you're like, oh, you don't get to get off the boat. I'm like, I don't know. I like getting off the boat. I like to go in the tree. We don't Me know. Too. If you can, we don't. We, again, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, it was yeah. just that demo. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I played. Uh. I played Far Cry. So did I. Uh, yeah. It's it's Far Cry. Mm-hmm. It's. Totally fun. Yeah, it's just good. I, I think yeah, that was yeah. like the biggest question. That's the, like what I wanted. I from think it, the yeah. the guns for hire system is super smart because we we saw three of them with Boomer and uh, Boomer, Boomer the dog, number one best boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Grace the sniper, and we saw uh, Nick Rye, who's the pilot. Uh, which and they said there's going to be a ton of them in the game, and it's interesting because you come across them naturally by exploring the open world. And so by the end of the game, I might have found fifteen. Brian might have found twenty a ton different than i did so like the way we're going to play the game and handle these encounters are going to be different player to player yeah the uh the map discovery it feels like skyrim like it feels yeah. like you kind of you pass an area and there it'll go boom, 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 and you're like, like oh there's diagetic. deer around here. Yeah, yeah if you pass a deer crossing uh, sign all of a sudden that's you said you diegetic i say it's like skyrim i feel like i'm probably better at this than you um, no one knows what diegetic well, means dan dan <laughs> dan hay told us in our interview which is the first time i had heard this of sugar right is that like breath of the wild you can just Walk in a direction, yeah, and just go there. Yeah, like, once the all game the starts, other, like, go do whatever you want. The last few Far Cry games have been totally walled off. Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. like, I want to go to the Himalayas, and they're like, not yet. You have to like kill a king first, or whatever. Yeah. You have to go through like a pothead stoner mission. Yeah, um, but this one's just like, no, go over there if you want. Yeah, it almost sounds like uh, the different members of the family are like <laughs> the divine beasts, for lack yeah. of a better term. Oh, Travis. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 and so, like, you go down south, and you're like, oh, that's where that's that's where Mary May. Calamity, Travis. Yeah, I love. Uh, so, one thing I really love about this game is that obviously you gotta you gotta talk to NPCs, and they're gonna give you the whole spiel, and they're gonna give their whole like you know one woman. Perf- the, the, it's, it always feels like a theater audition with NPCs, where they're like, "Wow, boy, howdy! I'm sure I'm tired of all these planes getting rassled up, and I sure." And you could be like, you just you hold down square to skip it. And all right, I get it. You're in a hurry. Anyway, go see the guy at the airfield. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you didn't just skip it. You like gave me a like a bite size. Yeah, I like when they do that. It's just really smart. It's just like a total like just. It's way better than when they like they you hold the button down and it cuts it off. Yeah, and it keeps doing that. It's like, hey, I thought you now. Anytime you get now, no. So it's like it feels like a very very happy meeting, very smart there. Uh, Yeah, I hope that. I hope that the controls for, like, I had the dog. I had Boomer, who's great because you can hold square oh, and he'll come up and lick your face. Uh, oh. and They'll shoot him. You, we found out. They will shoot that dog. Yeah, but if yeah, the dog dies, he comes back to life a little bit later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like all dog. dogs have nine lives. <laughs> all dogs respawn in time. Uh, but, no, like, it, it use, like, the, the left and the D-pad to basically, like, target target people and send them in a direction or he'll, like, wait in one place. 
I kind of wish there was just like a go kill guys, you know, command. And maybe there is. With like I think there is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can let the AI just sort of um, speak themselves. But yeah, it feels fun. Um, I was, this is one of those things where like I'm, I'm less impressed with the setting. Like I'm like, it's, it's fine. It's, you know, redneck America, whatever. Uh, I love, I love the tropical stuff in the first game. Right. There's obviously less like wacky things going on, but at the same time, I think the way that we're going to explore it feels really fun. Uh, the demo was was kind of culminated with uh, flying planes, doing some aerial combat, which I did not like. Oh, really? It was really the yeah. The controls are a little bit wonky on that, uh, and it's just disorientating. And like the way the other ship was moving was really fast, and it was yeah. almost like when you are playing a space shooter. See, the flying yeah. the flying controls like, in Far Cry have always been wonky, but like the vehicles are wonky. You're in like, like a supposed, glider or whatever. No, so you're, yeah. you're in like this rickety yeah. thing that's like a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically they send you on this mission to go meet up with the guy at the airfield who's the dude you see in that trailer who's got who's putting mini guns on his yellow plane or whatever. Right. You go see that guy uh, and he's like in the middle of fighting dudes off. So you show up and he's like, yeah, in a second. And you're like, well, I guess I'll kill these dudes who are here. And then once you finish that, you can talk to him. And he's like, go in my plane. And you're like, okay. And there's like silos that you have to blow up. And you go and you blow up the silos and it's fine. There's You got missiles and bombs and machine guns and stuff. And that felt like a totally you know enjoyable mission. And then they're like, oh, no, one of the bad planes is here. And you have to fight this bad plane. <laughs> there's nothing bad, inherently bad about the plane. And the plane it's isn't. The yeah, okay, the plane. well, the man in the plane is bad. I don't know. The plane could be cursed. It's a you don't, they, don't go, they don't go into a bunch of backstory about the racist plane. Okay? Right. I want plane lore. Uh, anyway. The and the plane is like it's it's just maneuvering better than yeah. you and it's yeah. not kicking your ass so you're just sort of like chasing it so like obviously the demo itself was like super fast paced and I, one thing I love about Far Cry is like I'm I suck at games but Far Cry is something I'm just I'm okay at like I've gotten the hang of it and I think there was one year where I basically just like I, like I just totally I just stealth through the demo and they were like oh well you didn't really show off a whole lot. You just kind of ran through and did it. And I was like, I've never played this game before. I don't know how yeah. I did that. But yeah, I was like, I went in, I kicked a bunch of ass, and then I get in the plane, and I'm like, all right, come, uh, come on, let me shoot. Well, when yeah, when you play games in it, nine months, that they yeah, can touch. yeah, I was yeah, about 100%. to say. But also, when you, when you play games like like a kind of a crazy person with Far Cry, it totally works. Like you can shoot a grenade at the wrong place, and then like a yeah. field catches on fire, and a tiger dies, and you're like, I'm good at the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like the exciting thing about Far Cry, and, and kind of this year in general. I mean, you mentioned like it being Breath of the Wild, like, and even like Detroit's on this list. Like, I love how many games coming relatively soon are like my experience can be dramatically different right. from yours. And right. that's, like, more and more what I want to see, I think, especially from, like, bigger open-world games. You mentioned Detroit. Just really quickly going to that, that's probably the game I did the biggest 180 on at the oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went from last year, I was like, it looks fine. The demo, I was like, eh, it just looks like more Quantic Tree. But, like, seeing the, the, the full demo of Marcus, yeah. I'm like, holy crap, I am totally sold on this game. Wow. I'm I think so it's gorgeous. I think the story is awesome. I think the writing performances we saw in this demo were wonderful. Yeah, yeah you I guys came play back last year's demo, and I really liked playing it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm... I'm I'm, yeah. I was I was like the opposite. Where last year I was like, "Oh, that's super fascinating. I love David Cage. I love what Quantic Dreams does." To this year's demo, I was like, "Oh, it's another one of those like, are androids bad or good? Are they help or are they human? Do you I love mean, them or throw them yeah, away?" The com- I think the, the charm. But of then that you game guys be, came back, yeah. and I was like, "Okay, I'm yeah. I'm on board." I think the charm of those, that game will be like the weird details. Yeah, like finding. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And like that's the thing. The conference demos don't do it justice because I remember seeing the BCD of the one you played this year and trying to talk about all these little moments of nuance in it where you don't get it until you're you see it extended and they can't do like a 20 minute demo on stage obviously right. but like i think the same thing with this this year's demo like the little tiny weird moments and the little decisions not the big decisions not like 
do I shoot the human or do I let him live? Like, like yeah, the like tinier the, thing. The part in, in Heavy Rain where you had to change that diaper, but if you do it weird, you're just like this fat guy doing a dance by a poopy baby. <laughs> That's a good part in that game. <laughs> That's not a weird stuff. I don't that remember game. that at all. Yeah. Or the, the, the making the stri- dinner, the stripping scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, if you played that wrong, it was just like this woman having a seizure. Uh, help me. I'm stuck in my shirt. Let me out. <laughs> Even if you played it right, it was just like, please stop. Yeah, yeah I was like, stop. You're ruining um, sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Oh, can we talk about Assassin's Creed? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about Assassin's Creed. Yep. So Assassin's Creed, uh, I feel like it, that's a series that will just occasionally become way too formulaic, and then they'll throw, they'll just try a bunch of stuff to shake things up, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And in this case, I feel like they're trying so many things to totally revitalize the franchise, and I really appreciate that, but I'm worried that this is going to be sort of a mess. My, uh, my takeaway was that ultimately this feels more like all the other Assassin's Creed games. Like I didn't feel, I didn't think it felt like too unfamiliar. Like I actually no, like no. once once you get in there, uh, aside from there, we change the map and the combat's more like For Honor, and you know you the the mission quests are different now. Yeah. Um, I'm like ultimately this feels like like the voice acting, the character design, the art direction, the uh, the fact that when you die it still says freaking dis- desynchronized which means yeah. are they still doing that stuff no, just stop doing yeah. it like for for oh it uh, did interesting it did it did say yeah. that i okay, died a bunch so of times also, they also never yeah. addressed the anima stuff until like two right. weeks before well even like the yeah. loading screens right so you oh yeah i guess you're still running around you die it says desynchronized and then you're running around hologram town again yeah, yeah. you know until it comes back but it's like ultimately get it jake it's hologram town <laughs> i don't think this is a franchise that needed two years off i think it's a franchise that needed four like, i don't know i'm uh, <laughs> Playing this like within two minutes, I was like, "Oh man, I'm so excited for this game." I love Assassin's Creed. I love Syndicate, and I sort of missed not having it last uh-huh. year. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, Syndicate, I think, is my favorite Assassin's game, and we were talking about this, I think, mm-hmm. on previous episodes. Sure. But, like, I, I think so many people got turned off that they didn't really follow the last few, where they did fix a lot of this little iterative stuff. No, like, I mean, like, don't don't get me wrong. This is going to be an awesome another Assassin's Creed game. But, but see, not, I feel it, like it doesn't feel like bigger, a brand, it doesn't feel like a, a, a series reboot or anything like that to me. I mean, I think it's at least the beginning of what could be one, if that makes sense. Because I feel like they're stepping yeah. back a lot further in yeah. terms of what is available to you mechanically. Like, what are the options you have going into a new city? Like, it seems like they're at least setting it up to become way more open than it's ever it is been. Totally, in that's what it's, it's like. There's no sequences anymore. The game is open. It's a quest-based system. I so really you, like that. Part. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, like, and we mentioned Skyrim and Breath of yeah, the Wild. Yeah, no, it's that's totally what this feels like. Jumping into it, it feels kind of like The Witcher in yeah. a lot of ways. Uh, the combat felt pretty good. The camera is really not great. I don't know if they're going to oh, yeah. get I, whatever. I had, I had uh, major A lot of people were complaining about that and I yeah. was totally... I had major problems I mean, with it too. Maybe you were outside or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I did. It was weird seeing, because I didn't play the demo, but I watched uh, like your footage and I watched some footage around. It seems like the combat is almost like... I'm going to say Dark Souls. I don't really mean Dark Souls, but it's like Perry-based. It, it is. Like, it is. Yeah. It's, it's much like heavier. much more physical yeah. Yeah. than I think it's ever it's been. It's a yeah. lot There's... about blocking, dodging, and then hitting back with light and heavy attacks, which is different than sort of the Arkham-ish, mm-hmm. uh, you totally. know, bash. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. combat did feel... I'm, the combat's probably the thing I'm not sold on yet, and that's something that, you know, once I get once I have the game... I'll I, got, I got good at it, yeah. and by the end, um, I felt like when I finally beat the boss after dying like five times, I was like, all right, I feel awesome at yeah. this. Yeah, that's good. Um, but... I think ultimately, like, I mean, you can we can just compare it to, like, Breath of the Wild and The Witcher. Like, I haven't been convinced that I should play this 
or like if, you, if you're given the choice, like why would I play this game over those games? You well, know? it's especially tough because it literally that that day it comes out the same day right now as Wolfenstein and Mario, and I'm like, I know. it's insane. Mm. Well, it's just yeah. like I I think I like I mean the the characters in The Witcher are really interesting, you know, and like mm. that world is really beautiful and really cool and really special. Um, and Assassin's Creed feels like an Assassin's Creed game. Like I was dealing with like this side quest with these NPCs. And every time they talked, I was just like, "Oh, I'm just bored." I'm just bored. Yeah, I worry that their approach they're taking here is like is um, quantity over quality. You know, the whole like I think sometimes less is more. And in the case of a AAA open world game, that doesn't that's not really an angle that that is encouraged. I don't think like the map is huge and it's going to be full of really cool stuff. And I and you can swim and die. Yeah, and, there's yeah. going to be a ton of weird little characters who have like wonderful personalities and stuff, but. Will I be willing to kind of root through the stuff that feels like more of the same to find them? Yeah, I like that. Uh, there's mummies and basilisks. Well, so that's I the might thing. Be totally, like, like completely changed my mind. When that's start like our our demo was pretty straightforward. Sure. Like if we didn't have any it was camels. Realistic or, to, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no camels. There was no mummies. There was no basilisks. Well, I, <laughs> I don't mean to jump too far down, but I'm actually really curious about Metal Gear in that way also. Yeah, because yeah, when you talk, talk about, about not there's a reboot, right. obviously, but it is sort of very obviously different. So Metal Gear is such a such a goddamn mess right now. Um, the game is the game is technically really good it's totally fine it is it is a um phantom pain mechanics with uh heavy customization four-player co-op obviously and it's tower defense with kind of like um you know more stat more stat based damage so you know as opposed to like you know hitting somebody in a headshot and go makes that weird little noise it you know a bunch of numbers fly off the head of the whatever the thing you shot i have a i have a tick Um, where i yawn when people say tower defense in my action so i'm i i hate tower defense i'm not a fan of it at all um in this case it's it feels loose enough and the traversals is is fun enough that i didn't mind Mm -hmm. um there you know there are waves of zombies coming in and it shows you like their paths and then you you go and you you grab all this crap on the ground like all those like weird urns and stuff you'd knock over that would alert guards in the in the main game now you just grab those and you go to a crafting bench and you're like you got to make chain link fences and you go that's really Um, cool i I saw uh, your tweets about this which i thought were like really fascinating people are people are venomous about this because obviously there's all that all that nonsense between kojima and konami and yeah, it sucks. Like Konami, there's all this stuff about how like maybe they're withholding like benefits for uh, Kojima's employees. Like there's all this or almost really like blackmailing people if they're trying to work at different. Yeah, there is like right. weird, scary, higher, high level stuff. And what really sucks is, is that the people who are making that game have nothing have to do with nothing to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what to say because there's that mentality of like, oh, vote with your wallet, and it's like. I already own Death Stranding merchandise. I'm voting with my wallet. I'm supporting yeah. Kojima and his crew, and I love what they're doing. But also, I don't time, want Metal Gear to die. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love Metal Gear. Uh, I don't really want to support Konami as a company on this front, but at the same time, that's it's not going to read to them as like, oh, a whole bunch of people didn't buy our game because they don't like our politics. Also, it's like, going to read as our game didn't sell. A bunch of this, more pachinko machines. A bunch know? of this stuff was under, like, what was basically, like, uh, it was being planned under mm-hmm. Kojima. Like a lot of the stuff in this game was like happening during that production time. This is one of the. Uh, this is one of the, like I think one of the directors of Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance. Yeah, and it's it's really weird because like you're you have three options, right? One, straight up cancel the game, lose money. That sucks, right? Because then there's just one less game. Mm-hmm. Two is you make the game, you call it Metal Gear something, you piss off everybody. Right. Three is that you make the game, you call it, you know, I don't know, like. <laughs> Uncle, the zombie boy uncle zombies revenge and everyone's like hey you guys ripped off metal gear gameplay and everyone hates it so there's like there's no winning here right mm-hmm. it's it's like but ultimately like what you said in your tweets was like you have, there's a team of people who want to make a cool game and they're making it and it's cool but that message will never get out mm-hmm. because 
Also, to people being like, it looks like a, just a Call of Duty clone or whatever, and it's like, yeah, there's some elements of Call of Duty zombies in there, and it, they're showing, of course they're showing off all the tactical stuff because that's the stuff that sells. Yeah. People like all that tack vest nonsense. You'll probably get those funny alligator heads and like pink cardboard boxes and all the weird, goofy stuff that makes Metal Gear Metal Gear. Well, that's what I hope. Yeah, I think they're going to have that. I mean, they showed off them like Fultoning Sheep in like one of the demos. There is weird silliness about this game, but they almost never put that foot forward. For they also play. said there's a single-player campaign. Yeah. Which is like, um, what's that going to be? I mean, right? the fact is that this is uh, a side story of Metal Gear. I like this how getting... you play that soldier that Snake left behind in like a weird vortex world. Yeah, Snake that's pretty awesome. Leave behind him in a vortex world. Well, I like how the original trailer was just like, Snake's like, I, I got to get out of this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's that was kind of my big question. And I mean, Brian brought this up a little bit, I guess, but like. Should it have the name Metal Gear on it? Like, does it feel like it needs it? Hey, I don't should, know. Uh, should this be called Beyond? <laughs> like, it happens, go. right? Yeah. Like, and just sometimes people just want to That make wasn't a, a leading question. That was a genuine question. <laughs> I mean, like, so, like, no, sometimes people just want to make a cool show. Yeah. And, like, sometimes people want to make a cool game. Yeah, There's a so lot of baggage. So. I have a... I, have a, I feel like you're projecting a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, IGN doesn't stop kind of funny from having healthcare. care <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I there's mean, some holes in the I metaphor. Mean, they, yeah, it kind of did, but that's really more a, a byproduct of America. Um, so anyway, uh, like, yeah, this is this is weird. This is there. There are plenty of Metal Gear games that say Metal Gear that aren't really Metal Gear. Like, there's Metal Gear Acid, which is a card game. There's uh, there's that weird iPhone game that came out alongside Four. There's Snake's Revenge, which was marketed as Metal Gear Two. Yeah, right. It has nothing to do with Metal Gear. Snake yeah, looks like like weird VR missions. There, yeah. You know. There's a bunch of a bunch of. There's also about- a movie called Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. that did Metal Gear before Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, that Metal Gear ripped off yeah. from. So I don't know anything. I I put up a video. I put up like the Road to E3 thing where I'm like, hey, I'm curious about Metal Gear Survive, but I mean, it's probably going to be there. Blah blah blah. And it just got downvoted to all hell, and it's it sucks because people are just so angry and they're taking their anger out. Like, and I had people be like, yo, f word Konami, and I'm like, hi, I don't work for Konami. I just played their new game. They were cool enough to squeeze me right. in there without an appointment. The game is good. I don't know anything about their politics. Did you know they make gym equipment in Japan? That's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't like those video games at all. The ellipticals. It's, it's very odd that like when the whole Kojima fallout first happened, people were like, this sucks. We'll never get another Metal Gear game. Yeah. And then like a year later, it's like, no, yeah, you will. Yeah. And everyone's well, like, yeah, but I hate it. That's why fandom <laughs> well, is so weird. Like, sucks, it's man. It's okay for the thing you like to exist next to another thing that maybe you'll also like. Like, Anthem's on here. Like, a lot, there's this very weird instant Destiny comparison. And I think a lot of Destiny fans really liked it for being something different. A lot of Destiny fans were like, they're ripping off Destiny. And it created this weird divide within four seconds of being announced. I find it so weird that, like, just wait and see what it is. Yeah. Maybe you'll yeah. like both. Like, I, I don't understand that, like, immediate, like, uh, I have to like one or the other mentality. Also, as a guy that grew up watching weird space sci-fi garbage, like Destiny's derivative as hell. Yeah, like just looking at derivative. Everything is except yeah. for Danganronpa three. Stop. Except for the lion. No, I, I was really, gonna let him talk because this is. We got to talk about PSVR. We have not. No, okay. okay let him talk about Danganronpa and then Damn we do it. PSVR. Really you want to cool. take a short nap, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I'm just straight. We're going to no, take a know. short it's nap fine. and we'll be no, back. No, talk, no, talk, no, talk, talk about, talk about Danganronpa. Tell us about Danganronpa. I want to hear about Danganronpa because I made fun of you about talking about Persona and all of a sudden I played 15 hours of Persona again this weekend because that game is the game of the year. Danganronpa? Uh, I agree with that. No, Danganronpa, is, it, it's, a, it's a weird series. It really is. Uh, I think they are very smart and subversive. It's, it's a... Uh, Game about anime tropes that embraces them as much as it makes fun of them. It is so weird, but so smart and so sharp. And like 
the extremely short version, it's, it's a murder mystery game, basically. It is a, uh, an adventure game where you're stranded in a place, and there's a series of murders, and for each murder, you investigate it, and there's a trial, and you figure out who did it. And holy crap, have they gotten smart. Like, the mechanics are smarter. The, character, the characters they introduce in the thing I played are, like, such smart twists on, like, the archetypes in the other games. Like, I don't know. These games are just... They're really special and they're really quick. And like and they started on Vita. Now it's a coming beautiful. To PS4? Yeah. So okay. one and two are already on PS4. This one's on both. It'll still be on Vita, but on PS4, it is gorgeous. It is, it is 4K. Like everything's been rebuilt from the ground up. The UI is different. Like everything is smarter. It works better. Um, when you see a character, like a character portrait comes up, depending on the angle you're facing, like the background of it will change. Like it incorporates the environment better. The mini games are smarter. Just everything about it. Like it's really cool. Is this, is this the kind of series that, like, if you're, you're sort of saying, like, people, if you've slept on this in the past, jump on it right now? 100%. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean every, can you... Yeah, every case three? is... every Like, there's connections, but, like, it's still a brand new cast of characters. Okay. Like, I feel like parts of it, I'm sure, would be confusing, sure. but I feel like is, it seems like... Is, that a, is two considerably better than one in terms of mechanics, or is it... So I like the story of one and the characters of one way better, but two, yeah, totally rethought the mechanics. It added, like, an RPG system where you're leveling up as you go and where you can kind of keep track of things better, and it added, like, lots of, like, weird little, like, mini games within it that are mm-hmm. even separate from the main game. I mean, th- those games are, like, eight hours each. Like, right. they could, you could oh, nice. easily jump into those. Is and, Danger Up 3 this year or next year? Uh, September 26th. Oh, wow. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Cool. All right, yep. now we can talk about... Okay. Now talk about your hat so games. people got all mad because uh we didn't talk about this at all we ran out of time on the playstation post show or whatever in the hour and a half we were recording that anyway uh we didn't talk about psvr we didn't talk about psvr sony showed off a bunch of psvr stuff at their conference which is awesome because we were like we have expensive hats with nothing to do with our hats we need yeah and they were like bang 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 like there was yeah even so even before the conference started they announced super hot is coming to psvr it's just so awesome. nice uh, one of the best so excited they for were that. partnered yep. with with oculus so yep. it's kind of this weird legal gray area in terms of where that where that goes yeah uh, i'm excited to play that i'm i do this thing with vr i think specifically with vr where i don't really want to demo something or i don't want to do it until i'm in my own living room and i get to play it on my own terms as a conjunctivitis? Yeah. Yeah, I'm and, uh, with you. It's gross. I also, I only do VR completely nude. It's just the only way. Otherwise, Even at trade shows. The You're clothes not... get all confused with the camera. It's Can't just... be naked if you're wearing a hat. Yeah. Uh, what? Is no, it's why it's a lot like of how, out of your basement? <laughs> yeah, partially. But yeah, no, it's like Terminator. They can't go back in time with clothes on. It's going to screw it all up. Um, but no, they showed off a bunch of stuff at, um, at Sony. Uh, first of all, Skyrim VR. Yeah. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? All of it. Yeah. So, so that's, um, yeah. that's an interesting one because I think... It's it's one of those things where people are like, hamburger pizza. And you're like, I love both of those right. things. And you're like, oh, God, when you put them together, it's a disaster. Uh, this that is- said, sometimes you get drunk and want to eat that thing. And then you throw up, Yep, which Skyrim <laughs> VR might do to a lot of people. We rock the hell out of that metaphor, Max. Yeah. Um, so this is this is going to be interesting. There's two things happening here. There is uh, Skyrim coming to VR, and there's yep. Skyrim mm-hmm. coming to Switch. Uh, the Skyrim <laughs> Switch thing I'm super fascinated by because... You've got Nintendo, who's got a track record for, like, the most polished, like, safe, functional games ever. And Bethesda, who puts out, like, <laughs> games where horses get stuck yeah, in walls. this will be the jankiest game Link's been in since Wand of Gamble. This is either <laughs> Nintendo's most broken game or Bethesda's most polished. Also, so, Skyrim had a hell of an E3. Like, seven yeah, announcements, yeah, Skyrim yeah, pinball. Yes, you're coming to Wonderswan color. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, then with VR, you've got, like, this entirely new environment to be playing in and like how do i know if like if this game has me like falling through stuff and just and and getting my head stuck in a tree yeah how do i know that like 
it's it's the game and not my lighting setup. You know, there's so many there's so yeah. many moving parts. There's so much weird stuff, and it's like we heard it's not like node based. Uh, so moving around the world, it's 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 sort of different, and you have the option of playing just like full on dual stick, which is like what, I don't yeah. know if you guys have tried that with anything. I tried it with I tried uh, it with the Lara Croft. Yeah, the Tomb Raider one. It's the only VR thing that made me truly sick. <laughs> yeah, like. We, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about like sea legs now twice in this episode, but a bunch of times when it comes to VR stuff, specifically PSVR, yeah. um, it's one of those things that if you can get it and you're awesome at it, and I see some people in the Beyond group and stuff like that who put on like the most, the, or like the least comfortable setting, there's like a setting that's like, make this as uncomfortable as possible, and they get awesome at it, then this is going to be a hell of a game. But I'm with Max, like, this is, that's a janky ass game. I don't like, care. I'm super on board. It's yeah. going to be a mess. Uh, it's 60 bucks. It's sixty Is bucks it with with no like it's I mean it's a new VR game it's Skyrim in VR it's kind of clear what it is yeah uh, I, I wish that maybe they were like oh it looks like you already own the remastered edition oh it's thirty you know something yeah. right something yeah, yeah. like that I know it's a different or thing, do you, but- it's so confusing because Bethesda's VR stuff is so spread out because like. PSVR has this, but I don't think it has Fallout or Doom stuff. Well, no, yeah. we saw an Amazon listing for Doom PSVR. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure oh, if that was pulled. It popped up during it. It was a crazy week, but that's that, entirely a new game, right? Right, and that's that and that's like node based. Like shorter challenge, right. yeah. Yes. And I'm way more interested in that because it was built from the ground up, mm-hmm. and they're basically saying like, "Hey, uh, this is how we're going to use the yeah. strengths and weaknesses of this." This is just kind of like. Here's Skyrim in VR. Yeah. <laughs> Have at it. Um, so other thing got really, really excited is Final Fantasy 15 Monster of the Deep, which yep. is a Final Fantasy what VR fishing cool, game. Yeah, like what it's a cool perfect. way to be like, here is something that's totally separate from our main so, game. I love yeah. that because I really I really enjoyed the fishing in Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. But so is this what happened to that Final Proptos, Fantasy prompto? Proto? Yes. Where he was like, we're going to well, look at Well, because everyone boobs. who played it last year was like, that's bad. Yeah. We'll release this. Huh. So I think they were like, all right, all right we're going to scrap all that. Right, we'll make a fishing pivot, game. yeah. That looks super fun. Very stupid. Uh I mean, like when I was playing the game, I was always like, "Oh, I gotta get on the road trip again. I can't just hang out here fishing because, like, you know, Gladio's mad at me. I gotta go, you know, train mm-hmm. or whatever." But in this case, it's a standalone game, so it's like, "No, nah, fish I'm, all I want. I'm gonna fish for you know chocobos or whatever." Uh, uh, moss, I, moss, dude, moss looks, looks great. Amazing. So as cute mouse, yeah. I I really adore sort of like cute, quirky third person stuff on PSVR or VR in general. The kind of stuff that like pulls the camera back, but only to your sort of eye level, and it makes it feel like you're sitting in front of a table where a yeah, bunch of little toys. things are happening. Yeah. And I think with like this character. Uh, interacting with this tiny world there's something really special about that and like you're I, like just looking at the graphics you're probably like oh that's like that's an interesting little game like oh there's a snake yeah but, but doing like, that in yeah. vr is it, yeah. it's night and day they'll have like weird fuzzy stuff around the edges that makes you just feel like you're in like a picture book yeah and uh, it's a, looks, it's a brand new ip yeah. like i'm yeah, super I'm fascinated really excited about that i love i love like mice that do stuff that aren't like super cartoony yeah like little Stuart little shout out to that dude yeah i'm not sure someone wrote that film Oh, that's weird. weird. That's I don't story. like that at all. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, also, I, M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I'm excited for The Impatient just because I found out that it's uh, 60 years before. This is one of my Hunter favorite Dawn. Marty moments was you were like, ah, they announced a stupid VR thing I don't care about. And then we were like, oh, it's set 60 years before Until Dawn. You were like, like, no. The Impatient looks incredible. <laughs> we'll see. That's <laughs> what I just want Until Dawn too. As we were talking about before, like the Metal Gear thing, right? Like the struggle of calling something a new thing yeah. is like it's so hard to break through with a new IP yeah. in movies, in TV, in, in anything. That's that's why they're like, oh, it's a Fargo TV show and all this other stuff. Like yeah. everything's got to be familiar. Yeah. Hey, it's the 40th Transformers movie. Uh, this is 
something that I think if they just left it on its own, people would have been like, oh, it's another one of those like mm-hmm. horror games we have to go to an old-timey insane asylum. That was exactly what I thought I, when yeah. I first saw yeah. it. Because yeah. you and me just demoed that one, Wilson's, uh, Heart. Wilson's Heart, which felt exactly like yes. this, but in I black mean, and white. It's odd that they don't call it Until Dawn the Impatient. Yeah, I was really... Uh, I mean, they had Until Dawn Rush of Blood. Blood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Maybe I was really surprised that that... Came out later, like a press release. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there was Star Child, where there's this thing that looks like the Schick Hydro Man uh, robot, like the Hydrobot, whatever. Like, it looks Schick like that, but it's just a big robot that's fighting yep. people. It's again, it's those demoing those uh, like third person VR games. Never impressive. Actually doing it is so cool. Yeah, VR is really hard to demo. I mean, we were talking about yeah. this on the predictions episode. Like, it makes it mm-hmm. it makes it really hard to show people what are you actually getting until they walk into Best Buy and put the thing in their face. And it's the same it. with like four K four K consoles yep. and all this. Stuff. Like, I, we're at this point now where like it's you cannot judge stuff by looking at a YouTube video on your phone. Yep. You just can't. Like, I mean, you you can. You're you'd be mostly wrong. <laughs> but yeah. but but you shouldn't. Like, yeah. if you're really interested in this stuff, like. You got to get out there and put the hat on, or stand in front of a big 4K TV and really get in so there. Really with see this, that mouse. With this huge list of games, I mean, in the absence of, I, I don't think there's any rapid fire. So before we get stuff that wasn't there, like, do you want to go around and say game of the show? Is that worth doing? Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, a game. Yeah, is Spider Man a game? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 we saw them. Spider Man's my game of the show. Beyond Good and Evil is my thing of the show. I want to yeah, give a fun. quick shout out to uh, two things. One, Evil Within Two, which yeah. I'm super happy they're making that game. Um, I'm kind of surprised we even got the first one to begin with because it was this like weird half spinoff to Resident Evil Four. Um, I'm a little confused. They haven't said that it's as far as I've seen. They haven't explicitly said it's Mikami directing and that's the same right. team. Like I'm a little. Well, my, I've heard it's not. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, the the one thing about the last game was that it was like not cohesive in any way whatsoever. So if this one makes a little more sense, which doesn't look like because it looks there's like there's pouring milk yeah. all over that. <laughs> there's a bunch of milkmen in this one. Uh, and two is um, Bloodstained, which is uh, we got to see a very very early look at this game. It's it's years away, like most Kickstarter games, but um, they were cool enough to bring it by our live show, and it feels totally like the spiritual successor to Symphony of the Night. I'm a huge Castlevania fan, yeah. so. Um, I'm super into this. Mighty Nine. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Cool. Um, Goldfarb, anything? No, I mean, I, I guess nothing else. I, I just there's so many games, you know, and I feel yeah, like like well, there's so many things we, we didn't, didn't get to have time to mention. Yeah. We're, like, we're running over time, and we yeah. Yeah. we could yeah. we could yeah. easily do a second episode yeah. next yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, good thing is, yeah, there probably won't be a whole lot of news next week, so we we can keep doing the same list. Yeah, because um, I want to hear about the Beyond Good and Evil thing yeah, for sure yeah. from you boys. Uh, I got to interview the uh, creator of Yakuza, which is like. That dude is intense. Uh, I was like, is he going to be like a? He's going to be like a businessman, or is he going to be dressed like a like a, a menacing street thug? You know. Yeah. And he shows up, and he's wearing like leather van slip-ons with yep. like spikes on them, and like a gold chain, and this like acid wash denim jacket with tears all over it. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad I wore a Hawaiian shirt. This is, this is good. I'm not overdressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yakuza Six looks insane. It looks yep. gorgeous, and I'm stoked. That's I think coming out pretty soon. They remastered they, the they first call him, whole game. In the office they call him Doctor Kuz. Dr. Yakuz. Dr. Kuz. Dr. Kuz. Yeah, Don't do that. That's terrible. Um, I don't think they do that at all. Yeah, I'm also like, <laughs> I started, uh, Wolfenstein is like 10 bucks on, uh, I think it's probably going off sale like tomorrow or something, but that oh, was yeah, like 10 jump, bucks over the weekend. Jump on that E3 uh, sale on Honestly, on, just on go down, that game is probably cheap as hell, like physical, yeah. otherwise. Get through the first uh, hour. Yeah. Exactly, kind of, yeah. Kind of don't get turned off by the beginning. But, yeah. yeah. It's super fun. Parts of it are super dumb shooter. Parts of it are like very Half-Life 2-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's just this cool world, and the second one is looking really interesting. Yeah. So... 
Uh, I'm stoked to check out more of that, which I didn't expect going into E3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are some of the some of the things for me three. Some of the many lists One that of the we games have you have here. listed is John Madams Football Fighter. <laughs> John Madams Football Fighters. They're back again and they're throwing the food around every which way. It's not real. Uh, What's wrong with you? Anyway, I don't, I'm All tired, right. man. We're gonna wrap this up and Woo. go home. Uh, and uh, as always, you can hit us up on Twitter if you've got more things to ask or complain about or whatever. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle. Andrew is Garfep, and Marty is Mick Biggity with two G's and two T's. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for watching our E3 coverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and it, for anyone we met. Down there, yeah. Like, for anyone yeah. we ran into, uh, it was an absolute blast making mm-hmm. that show with you guys and for you guys. So uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and uh, head on over to the um, Beyond YouTube channel, which is uh, YouTube.com/slash/ign/beyond, and of course our group is uh, Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/podcast/beyond. So hop over there and make some friends and talk about games and do whatnot. And that's it. That's the end of the show. Good night. We love you. Goodbye. Beyond. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.